Welcome to Accelerating Your Dental Practice, a podcast with free expert advice to accelerate your practice's efficiency, growth, and profit. Here's your hosts, dental management consultants and friends, Malika and Michelle. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate Your Dental Practice with Malika and Michelle. I am super excited for this one and almost in a little disbelief because we only have a few weeks left of the year. I know it's crazy. I can't believe it. It goes too fast. (laughs) I know. I feel like, you know, the summer ended and I blinked and like September and October just went by so fast. Yeah. I always say when I, when Halloween happens, I'm like, okay, the year's over. (laughs) So after that, it's like the holidays and, you know, things go super fast, especially in dental practices between end of year numbers, goals, how many patients can we get, especially I know with the whole hygiene topic, how many hygiene patients can we get in before end of the year? that are due, that are calling. So I think we're at that home stretch, which is exciting. And I know at the same time, I'm sure a lot of you're stressed out trying to wrap things up. Right. December is such a interesting month because I I hear from clients all the time that it's like either super busy, like those last two weeks of the month are so crazy busy. And then I have other offices that are like, it's always so dead in here that I take vacation between Christmas and New Year's. So it's it's interesting to see the, the dynamic there. But what I want to do today is kind of take a look back at the year 2022. It was probably close to a normal year (laughs) in terms of like pandemic wise or people getting back into like normalcy in in their practice. But there's also been a lot of challenges that people are facing. For sure. So one of the things that I always like to, to look back like as we get to December is you know, where, where are you to your goals? I know a lot of people set goals for the year or for each quarter. And it's a great time to start looking back and see like how many of those goals were you able to achieve? And if you're really close on some of them, what can you do to make that final push in these last couple of weeks? Absolutely. And I think, as you said, it depends on the dynamic of your practice. If you're one of those that ends up shutting down the last week of the the year, then what can you do in the like the home stretch of those two weeks? You know, I have offices where they'll even open an extra hour here and there just to you know finish strong. Some will bring a temp hygienist if they can get one and add extra column hygiene. You know, just getting those patients in and really, as you said, really well. Like, look at your numbers. If you are short by ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars, you probably can stretch that out, and your team will work with you to get you there. Because if they're in tune with your goals and your numbers, they'll work with you to get that home stretch and that goal that you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know I have a lot of offices right now that are so, so close on their goals. And I have one office right now that's doing exactly what you said, Malika. They're like, actually, Tuesday's their admin day, but they're seeing patients on Tuesdays in, in December in order to, you know, achieve that goal that they need to, and, you know, to help get those patients in, because we all know we start reaching out to them really like September, October with the reminder of like, use your benefits, use your benefits. And what happens? They all wait until the last, the last two weeks. And they're like, oh yeah, that $10,000 treatment plan you wanted to do. Like, can we do it all in, in one day? That's true. That's like the number one complaint. 
here. It's like, we've been trying to get them in since September. And now fin- finally they're decided to come in and we have no appointment time. Yeah. So get creative with those, you know, as you said, like those admin days, if it helps to add another $5,000 day for the next two, three weeks to close strong, it's totally worth it. And I, I know from experience that my, the teams I work with, they want it. They're like, okay, let's do it. Let's get this done. You know, closing out the year is going to be important. So looking at what you have, what are your wins? I always talk one of my conversations with my um, doctors is what were a win that you had this year that you want to celebrate? Because uh, gratitude is big. You guys have to be grateful what you had, you know, what was going well. And if we don't have challenges, we're not going to grow. So I always say the challenge is what brings the growth. So reflecting on the challenge and seeing how can we fix the challenge in 2023. So I think those are the things I challenge you guys to go back and involve your team, have them, you know, I have an office that has a gratitude board and they'll go in there and they put a gratitude of what was great in this year. And then they'll drop a challenge into a, into a bowl so that they can all discuss it. So, and you'll be surprised. This, a lot will be, there'll be synergy in the challenge, meaning that everybody feels the same challenge, for example, of, you know, going to be a big one for a lot, you know, and not having a hygienist has caused us not to be able to, you know, grow or meet the goals that we wanted to. There's so many things, but pick one that you feel is important to your practice so that you guys can reflect on that and focus on it in 2023. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. The, the wins, I've heard some great wins from some of our offices over the past year. And I've had some surprises, you know, of, of people who said like, I didn't realize I did as well as I did. I thought it was like not a great year because I felt like we had to reschedule patients because we didn't have enough staff members or, you know, the number of like last minute cancellations or no shows has been, you know, high. Yes. yes. So I'm happy when they say to me like, wow, I'm so, I'm so excited that we actually did better yes. than we thought. And, and the challenge is you're right. Like, I feel a lot of it is we can't find the, enough staff. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the cancellations and no shows. I have offices that have some really solid systems in place in terms of like taking deposits for appointments or, you know, telling the patients like, if you cancel this appointment, you're not going to be able to get in for six months. And the patients are just like, yeah, it's fine. It's weird. The mentality yeah. of the patients has, has changed. Yes. Yes. I'm for sure. And I think that. This, this is an interesting because I, I had a meeting with a team and we talked about this last week about the wins and challenges of 2022. And one, when that, uh, one of the challenges someone shared with me was really interesting and very observant was that she said the challenge has been that our office is still requiring the mask for the patients. And she felt that the patients um, didn't like that because they felt like it just brought memories of just the chaos of the last two years which I was like, this was, it, I, I just didn't even think of things that way. Cause I'm like, okay, you're just wearing masks, it's safety. And I know a lot of offices have lifted the mask for the patients or their staff because it's not required anymore. And the doctor right at a moment said, you know what? That was a great observation. Let's just take it away. Yeah. It, it's optional. I didn't even, I've been so involved in the clinic that I didn't realize that this could cause some friction. And it's interesting because of this Monday, she texted me to say, Malika, the patients are loving that they can come in. There's no more shield in the front desk. There's, yeah. there's no sign saying mask required, and I'm not taking their temperatures anymore. So yeah. A, it, it lifted a pressure off the front desk. So that was a win. And the patient's energy changed. So she felt like they were more open to scheduling their next appointment, whereas they, in, in the past, I guess she was sharing that because of the mask and all the requirements 
timers. They just want to get out of the office and they're like, we'll call you later. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, this is really in- interesting observation. I, I love that. And, yeah. you know, if I go on the opposite end of this, like I had an office reach out to me this week that said a patient wrote a negative review about them because they weren't wearing masks and they didn't disclose mm. everybody's vaccine status. And I'm like, okay, so we oh, still boy. have those two extremes yeah. of people. You're in right. There. You can, you can never win both sides. And what I told them, which I, I know it's still going to have that one patient that's going to push the limit. I said, you know, if the patient asks, you can say it's not required, but if you want one, we're happy to give you one or you're more yeah. than welcome to win one in the office because the CDC doesn't require it anymore. I right. think it's your verbiage. Like, we, and you know, I think what you were saying was really well said is, is how you communicate with your patient when it comes to confirmations. And, you know, it's like you are in the driver's seat. And if you can really make that a win for your practice, it really puts sets a tone for success. Collecting up front, that's you being in the driver's seat professionally, letting your patients know that you need respect for your time with those patients, your hygienist, your provider, whoever's there. I think that's one of the biggest challenges right now this year is that they keep canceling and canceling and no sh- So you think you have a great productive day and you come in the morning and everybody cancels. And I think I've been in dentistry for a long time. You've been in dentistry for a Mm -hmm. while. I I have just noticed like ever since the day I stepped into dentistry that we tend to let the patient run the practice for us. We tend to let them do what they want and we get up. We feel like we're going to upset them if we ask them to pay or we give pushback when they're trying to, to cancel. But this is our practice and it has to work for, for the doctor and the team. I mean, we want to be flexible and and make accommodations for patients, but we can't let them run it and tell us like, this is when they want to come in, or this is when they want to pay, or this is how we should have our COVID protocols. It's our practice. And I think going into 2023, as we get a little further away from that, offices should take a look at your systems. If you were trying to be, you know, super sensitive to to patient how they feel and not wanting to upset anybody, I still don't want you to upset anybody and cause like an uproar in your practice. But I do want you to look at those systems to say like, are they benefiting us and our team helping us make things more efficient, more productive, uh, more effective? Or are we these systems that we have, are they benefiting the patient more? Right, right. I agree hundred percent. And I think like I had an office where I, wa- I was observing and the patient literally came around to the monitor and was telling the front desk where she wanted her appointment. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, we got to talk about this. So that's really, yeah, I really think it's like, you have to reflect what is going to make it easier for you guys. Number one priority is what's in the best interest of the practice and the patient. Let's just be honest. That's what we we do. But I think sometimes we think by allowing a patient to tell us when they want their appointment, how they want it, we lose control. And sometimes we end up not benefiting the patient because let's just say that patient wants a certain time that usually does not work. They end up waiting in the chair and they end up leaving unhappy. So you end up losing them anyways. So we have to trust that systems that were placed in the practice are there for a reason. And in order for us to be, be successful and have success for the patient, we have have to make sure these are synchronized together. And I have a lot of practices this year that I've noticed like more than any other year that have taken a step back and really looked at who their ideal patient is. And they've said, they've let a lot of patients walk. They said like, these are our rules. This is the vision that we have for the practice. This is what we want. 
we'd love to treat you. However, like if, if you don't want to pay when you come in or you don't want to, you know, come at the time that is most convenient for, for us to treat you the best, it's okay. You can leave. That's very good. I think it's been the moment you feel like, okay, I know what I want and what type of patience I want into practice. Because I always say you can't make everybody happy and not everybody's for you. So to be able to draw that line, is like the boundary line Mm -hmm. of knowing that, okay, these types of patients that want to come in and not pay are not for me. And sometimes maybe in the beginning, when you open a practice, you're like, all right, I'll take whatever I can right now. And then I'll decide in a year what I really want. And that's okay too. But I think when you're established and been around for a while, you're like, okay, I'm dropping this insurance, for example, and I'm okay if they don't come to me. Yeah. No, I'm okay with that because my practice is at a level where you know, I need to continue giving quality work. And if have, I have that volume and I'm only getting paid $97 for an f- entire hygiene appointment, I can't sustain it. Right. So you have to be, you know, be honest with yourself. You know, something that I learned when, when these um, events I was at is that the n- number one conversation you have that's courageous is with yourself. And that was really reflected well with me. And I think we all need to take a moment and step back and say, okay, in 2022, what did I do that was great? And what is it that I could do better as a leader, as a practice owner to help my team, my practice and my patients? I think that is something that I think is important to kind of reflect back on and be able to take that and do something better with it. And because we can always continue to grow and thrive if we can be honest with ourselves and decide what we want from it. Yeah. And one of the things that I suggest is <laughs> as we're rounding out the year is take a look at your vision and mission statement. When was the last time you really looked at it to see if it still supports what your beliefs are and how you're working in the practice? Because it's not something that you just write when you open your practice or you buy your practice and you never look at it again. You should be able to live and breathe it every single day. And if you're not doing that, then it's time to to revise it, to add to it. And you should put an outline together but also get the input from your team. Empower your team because if you do that, it's going to empower them in everything that they do in their job. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. I love that. Because I have offices that have it framed in their, even their break room. Yep. So, and the staff have all signed it. You know, I think, you know, you can be very creative about that, but I love that because I think you have to also say, okay, I wrote this vision or you know, mission statement for a reason. And let me reread it again and make sure that I'm in in line with what I want. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do with it, but to me, it's like any system, any policy, like you write it once. And if it just goes on your website or it just gets posted on the wall and you never look at it again, are you really living it? And, yeah. and the same thing with all of your systems. I think it's a great time to, to reevaluate the systems. Are they working for you? Um, I know we talked about that in a previous episode. You can't just write the system and put it in a binder and let it sit on the shelf or sit oh, yeah. in a Google Doc that nobody ever looks at. Yeah. And then sometimes you might, and I have an office that we're, we're going through this right now. He feels that we need to basically re-ramp the entire system because his vision has changed in how he wants to do dentistry. So he's basically like, can we just pretend like we're taking everything off the desk and we're starting with everything from scratch. And I said, absolutely we can. And sometimes you you're in that position where you're like, you know, my system that I've had for the past 15 years, it's just not working anymore. I want to go back from the beginning and build a system that I feel will work efficiently and, you know, more effectively for my practice and my patients. So that's okay too. Or you might be like, no, I just need to make some minor tweaks. 
depending on where you are, but both work. But I think that's a great, great idea because as we're wrapping up the year, we can say, all right, these three things done really well. Uh, or, you know, I have like, I have an office right now that's going through it. They have soft end and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, our goal for 2023 is we need a new software so that we can be more efficient. We can use a lot more third-party technology so that the, our staff is not spending so much time with scanning stuff, shredding stuff. So, you know, it could be as small as that, or it could be as big as, you know what, this position in my practice is just not working anymore. I need to f- create a different position or different task list for that position. It yeah. depends on what you, you know what you need, but I definitely think it's a great time to reflect on that and work on it. So I'm working with an alphas right now and, and we've been planning this, I don't know, since like September, October, like we've been planning it. The first week in January, that office, it's open four days a week. So that first week in January, every morning, that first week, we are training from 8.30 to 12. There are no patients in that office. We are doing wow. a reboot, a retrain, reframing of the brain, <laughs> everything. They'll see patients in the afternoon. So it's not, you know, completely lost production. But for, for you know, three and a half hours a day for four days, that entire team is getting trained on it. And we decided to do that so that it's not just a quick hour team meeting where they get information thrown at them and then right. expect them to go implement it. And you're like, why aren't they doing it? We're, we're dedicating this, this three and a half hours to touch on one or two systems a day, role play them, drill them into their heads, <laughs> be there in the afternoon so that we can watch them implement them. And I'm really excited about this. I've done this a couple of times with some offices and it's like scary for the office because they're like, you're making me close down. Oh my gosh, there's going to be so much change. But if you do it correctly, like you will see immediate results. Yeah, you do. hundred percent. That's awesome. I mean, and congratulations to that doctor that is willing to close down the office and reflect and put time into working on the office, not in the office. I think that's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. And I know, cause I have this argument or conversations with my clients. Where I'm like, can you please just give me this, these hours so that I can work with your team? Because as you said, really well, the one hour meetings guys does not work. If you want to implement something, it is not, it's just, all right, blabber of words. I hate to say it, a free lunch and then, all right, let's just go. And maybe one percent of that information is maybe you know, retained. But if you keep doing it on a daily basis and you're utilizing those, you know, tools to get the team where do you need them, you need to put time into it and block time away from production because it'll end up paying for it. And I'm sure you you agree with that. Because as you do this in January, you will see the reflection of it the rest of the year. Yeah. So if you can't do something like that, I have many offices that on a quarterly basis, they have like, instead of a one hour team meeting, they have a three or four hour team meeting. Mm-hmm. So they block off an afternoon and they they go through it. And then I do have a couple of offices that actually do like biannual like retreats two times a year. They right. like even leave the office and go to a hotel, like in a conference room there. So you're stepping away from it and in really diving into how to make the practice better. So if you're looking at your schedule for 2023 and you're wanting to make some changes, get an outline, 
put it down what you want to do. You can even reach out to Malika or myself, and we'd be happy to help you put that outline together and prioritize the things so that you can train your team and then go in right away and block off the schedule for those larger team meetings used for implementation. Absolutely. And I think that implementation part is so, so huge. And, you know, the complaint I get a lot from the, the staff is like, yeah, he wants me to do this, but I don't even have time to learn it or I don't have time to teach it to my coworker so that I can take those tasks off my plate so that I can, you know, have this individual, you know, thrive at it because I'm too busy answering the phones all day. So it's so important. to, And as you said really well, some can do it a whole month like you laid it out. Some will need to reflect half a day a month. Some can do every quarter. Like I have a lot of offices will do quarterly meetings for the whole day. They'll go out to a hotel. They'll go to a conference room. And it's great to come out of the environment of the office too. And it really brings a lot of value. And I challenge you, like one of your goals should be as you end 2022, put those blocks in your schedule for 2023. Because before you know it, the schedule is already blocked out. So if you're able to put those blocks in of team meetings, team um, building events that you want your team to do, which you should be doing, you know, maybe department meetings. If you're in a big practice, I need to break it up into hygiene department, clinical, admin, whatever you are doing. You might have multiple associates and you do check-ins with your associates. Those are the things that truly will bring value into your practice and you will see the difference. Yeah, this is great stuff. Yeah. Things that you guys can go and implement right away and get ready, get excited for the new year. One other thing I want to to mention, because a lot of offices forget about this, is analyzing your fees and increasing them. You should be increasing your fees every year. And it doesn't matter if you're a fee-for-service practice or you're in network with every single insurance company under the sun. You have to increase your office fees. Absolutely. And there's... There's debate on what percentage <laughs> to, to do it. I usually tell people three to 5%. I've heard some people going a little bit higher at the 7% because of inflation, but you need to, to do something every year. And if you haven't increased your fees in a while before you just increase them the, the 5%, I would reach out to somebody. If you have a practice advisor, there, there's a bunch of people that have access two fee schedules that like are reflective for your zip code. It's important that you're setting your fees to help you to achieve like your overhead. You want to cover that cost of the overhead. And I understand when you have insurance, you're writing off somewhere between like 35 and 45% and it's heartbreaking. But if you don't raise your fees, you're never going to get increases from the insurance companies. Very true. It's very true. I think, you know, as if you get a fee analysis done, there's percentage brackets that you will see. I even challenge you to take your top 20, 25 codes, put your fees in a different color, like red into the spreadsheet, look at it, see where you find you're at. And, you know, like, for example, your nitrous could be really high, but if your patients are paying for it, don't change it, leave it. No need to bring it down. Look at your fluoride. Those are the ones that like, you know, you do add-ons that will help you guys in the sense of like production and collection ratio. But look at your top codes and see if your crown, for example, is lower than what Cigna is paying you. And I see this all the time, guys, like 
really reflect on what insurance is paying you and where's your insurance, what is your office fees? Because if your office fees are lower than your insurance fees, you definitely need to increase your fees. And you should put it on your calendar yearly, as, as Michelle said, maybe it was 3%, five, some do seven. I even joke with Teresa and she says 10. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot. But you know, it, it, it depends on where you are. And sometimes if you haven't increased your fees in years, you might need to go a little bit higher than three to 5%, but definitely review your bracket of where your office fee falls and then change it based on that. Exactly, exactly. So then that's an easy way to, to increase the revenue a little bit for your fee on your fee for service patients or your out of network patients. So that's, you know, an immediate result there. Well, I'm excited for 2023. I'm, I'm hoping for good things. Like I'm hoping there's a little bit of a turn and there's more employees (laughs) available out there. I'm hoping that, you know, people are able to clean up their backlogs of patients because I'm, I, it amazes me how many offices still have hundreds of patients that, you know, kind of got lost yes. in, in this whole thing. And, and remember, you have to take a look at how many new patients do you want to be bringing in? What are you doing for marketing and what are you spending to get a new patient versus how much time are you spending to, to reactivate some of those, those existing patients? Which one's more cost-effective for you? Take a look at that. I have some offices that do no marketing at all and still get 100 new patients a month. They do nothing. So it's not costing them anything. However, I have offices that are spending a lot of money on marketing and they're kind of neglecting those patients that are already in the system. So see if you can come up with a healthy balance, set a goal for the number of new patients that you want. And, you know, it depends on the age of the practice, the amount of attrition that you typically have, like look at those things to help you grow, but kind of take control of your practice back. Don't let the patients run it. I think that's great. And I think you said it really well is the active patient is important. I I think a lot of the fear is, well, these patients haven't been in my office for 36 months, but I'm just going to keep them in my system. And I joke and say, when you inactivate them, they don't delete out of your software, but it truly helps you reflect on what your true active patient number is. So it's important to have that data so that when your team is working on on schedule recall and all that, you know, stuff, you don't want to text and email patients that haven't been here three years. And because you already had tried so many times, get that, get a pulse on your practice, know what your active patient is. As you said, your new patient numbers are important. Your hygiene ratio versus your treatment ratio. Those are such important key performance indicators that really gives you a grasp and understanding of your practice where it is now and where you want to take it next year. Yeah. And if you have somebody, an advisor, you know, a consultant, somebody that can help you, uh, I do it a lot for clients is, you know, even people I don't work with regularly will reach out to me and say like, Hey, here's a snapshot of my practice for 2022. Like, can you help me to plan what I need to do, set the goals and everything for 2023? And you know, doing that and having, you know, something to work towards, not something that you just like flipped a coin and this is the number that you're going with. (laughs) Having actual data to go through it is, it's really helpful. It's really important. 100%. I can't. And I think, as you said, like, if you don't, you're having a hard time, sometimes I joke and say, I need somebody to help me put all the pieces together so that I can reflect on it and then be able to then execute and start working on it. So you might need an advisor, a coach that can help you put those pieces together for you and help you create that 
platform and, and the system you need for, okay, this is the number of new patients I want in 2023. This is the production collection per month, hygienist percentage. Sometimes you need something just to coach you through that process. And it might be just a one hour, two hour session, honestly, it's all you need, but totally worth it. Cause then you can get a grasp of what you want and is your goals realistic? Sometimes I hear goals that are unrealistic and I'm like, okay, that also makes your team frustrated because they can't, they keep not meeting that goal. So then they get frustrated and they get disconnected from the practice. So make sure that you have some realistic goals and you have someone that can help you get that put together, that platform put together for you. That's actually a very good idea. Yeah. So I always learn something from you, Michelle. (laughs) Well, I always learn something from you too. And I hope the audience has learned a few things from us today. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the end of the year. I'm excited for new things that are happening in 2023 for, for my clients, for all the doctors out there, what, what can happen. Um, Hopefully you can implement some of these things and see improvement in your practice. You want to see the growth every year. And I'm hoping that we can help you with these little tips. So thank you very much for joining us today. And we look forward to talking to you again after the new year. Yes. Enjoy the rest of the year. We'll see you in 2023. Thanks for joining us on Accelerating Your Dental Practice. To connect with Malika and Michelle, visit ZarDentalConsulting.com and AffinityManagement.co and learn how they can help you accelerate your practice even further.